please hold while I figure out my volume switch here. It looks really small on my laptop, like my my mixer or whatever. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I literally have the zoomies right now recording this episode. I was like laying in bed scrolling on TikTok and I know I've been meaning to release a podcast episode for forever, like truly forever. And um, the only thing that's been stopping me has been, oh God, like that little urge to record. I just haven't really had it. But today I was laying in bed scrolling on TikTok and I had just the most out of pocket thought come to my head and I will share it later on in this podcast. It doesn't seem like the right moment to share it, you know, one minute in, but I had the most out of pocket thought. I've, oh my God, that P was really aggressive. I'm sorry. I had the most out of pocket thought (laughs) and um, it spurred this desire to record a pod. So hello, everybody. We are one minute and 22 seconds in. If you have not been here before and this is your first time listening to this podcast, hello. My name is Mac Shay Smith. I am a full-time content. Oh God, I cannot speak also, apparently. (laughs) I am a full-time content creator. Uh, I am a chemical engineer. I will be starting a doctorate program in chemical engineering at CU Boulder in the fall. I am an ultra marathon runner. I used to do a lot of obstacle course racing, but I don't really have any big obstacle course racing plans this year. I guess I'm not totally sure that that identity fits me anymore, but you know, maybe that's something I should dig into with my therapist. Anyways, it's so lovely to be here. I am going to be calling this season two of the pod. I think every single week since my last podcast episode, my fiance, Max, Max Regan has asked me, uh, Mac, where, where's the podcast this week? I think he really likes listening to the podcast because it's like, uh, like an unfiltered hour of me speaking. (laughs) I don't know why he would want that. I feel like he gets that at home all the time. So where have I been since the last episode of this podcast? I do not think I've dropped a podcast episode since March and it's been very sporadic since like October, November. Like it's been, you've been lucky if you get one episode a month at this point, you know, and there are a lot of different reasons for this. I've talked about creative burnout. I have talked about, you know, feeling a little seasonally depressed in North Carolina. I think more than anything else, there was, I I just wasn't fully willing to be vulnerable, I guess, about everything that was going on in my life. Uh, Maybe, I guess. I think I just really wanted to take some time to myself and rest, recover, work through some things internally just like I just literally have not felt like I wanted to share my life like if you follow me on TikTok then you've noticed I post way less than I used to uh I feel like Instagram is more like I don't have to be as vulnerable on Instagram I don't have to like speak into a camera as much like there's so much less that goes into the content I've been making these days versus in the past I was such an open book about absolutely everything and so I've been learning how to navigate that and that's not to say oh yeah I'm like the queen of privacy now that's clearly not the case 
that is clearly not the case, okay? And I know that. But um, I think I just wanted to hold a little more space and like a little more privacy. And when you have 170,000 people viewing your content and giving you their opinions on your life, sometimes it doesn't feel that great. I actually talked about this. I was on Emma Abrahamson's podcast this past week. And one of the things that we talked about was creative burnout. Emma, if you don't know her, is also a full-time content creator. She is mostly a YouTuber, but I think now her podcast has gotten a lot bigger. Um, And so her main form of content generally is longer form. And I think right now, a lot of my content creator friends are experiencing burnout. And I think it's because short form, oh God, I cannot speak today, short form content, there's so much pressure and there's like, you have to be creating constantly like you I literally when I had a full-time job I would I was always thinking about TikToks I had TikTok sounds in my head I was making like six to eight TikToks a day like it was not abnormal for you to go on my TikTok page and say wow I've missed a lot of her content in three days and now it's more the case of if I want to post I will post if I have a brand deal that needs to be posted I will post for a brand deal but I'm really just not generating content the way that I used to when I had a full-time job and I'm still digging into that of course I think something that's coming up for me is just this pressure to be better which sucks (laughs) and I already put so much pressure on myself like I've always been a perfectionist we all know my childhood trauma is being a perfectionist having to achieve everything and so this being my full-time job has been a little toxic for me at times there's been such a fixation on oh my content's not doing well or I'm losing followers and you're putting so much of your self-worth into this stupid arbitrary number that means nothing. In 50 years, am I going to look back and be like, wow, I'm so glad I had 40.1k followers on Instagram. Is that what I'm going to be proud of? I just, I cannot imagine that that will be the case in 50 years. I really hope when I'm, (laughs) how old will I be in 50 years? I almost said 82. Um, That's how old Max will be in 50 years. I will be uh, 80 or no, 74. Well, when I am 74 years old and is it going to matter? is it gonna matter let's be so for real right now so yeah that's that's where I've been in the last six months I would say my life has changed so dramatically and it's funny because I actually recorded a podcast episode after Max and I got engaged we got engaged on March 11th today is June 8th (laughs) I actually recorded a podcast episode and then just never released it I never we had like wedding drama kind of going on or uh, I don't know I just there's been like some weird stuff going on in the background even beyond like just how stressful wedding planning is but like I don't I'm not gonna spill any realty on this podcast but all you need to know is um I was being harassed and or stalked by some people who were invested in trying to harm Max and I's relationship and it really did impact me and I oh like it just made me not want to share what was going on which is so silly because it's like you know one person really generating this um and you shouldn't live your life in fear of one person's opinion 
does any of this make sense? Is any of this, uh, whatever. So yeah, I recorded that podcast episode and then I never dropped it because I was afraid, I guess, of like the ramifications of that. But I have since decided I do not give a fuck. And if I want to talk about how we got engaged, I will get, I will talk about it. So today I am going to be spilling the entire story of how we got engaged. And if you want to think I'm crazy, I don't care. I don't care. It's my life. My parents dated for eight years, got married, and got divorced like 18 years later. So I do not think the length of time that you're with someone should dictate whether you marry them or not. Okay, so without further ado, here is the story. Here's the full story of how we got quote unquote soft engaged (laughs) and then later hard engaged, also known as um, just actually engaged. Okay, okay, here we go. So I had to go get my little step stool to sit on because I was kneeling and it was really uncomfortable. I felt like this was going to be a long... (laughs) As soon as I started talking, I felt like this is going to be a long episode. So let me just give you guys, let me give you the timeline. I feel like I have been so open and honest about this timeline. So let me just give you the timeline. I came home from Europe at the end of September. That was after being in Hawaii for a month, being on the Colorado Trail for a month. And um, I went to Europe because... The guy I was seeing in Hawaii, it it didn't really work out. He kind of sucked as a human being. And I was like, okay, wow, I'm I'm literally never coming back to the island of Oahu. Is that is that dramatic? I'm not sure. But when I had the opportunity to um I flew to California because I was doing this competition for my friend, and then I was like supposed to return back to Oahu for another couple of weeks for my hundred and I was like you know what you know what we're gonna have a little plot a little plot twist a little change in location so I ended up flying to Europe I went to Europe I had the best time in Europe um there are so many details that I could get into but I won't I won't for the sake of this podcast so I come home from Europe and I'm back in Phoenix and I've been in Phoenix for all of maybe five days, like maybe five days and I'm running in Phoenix and I go for a run and there's this like canal I would always run on behind my childhood home and I was running along the canal and there was this really cool little feature in the canal and I later found out from my sweet, sweet fiance, it is called a weir. W-E-I-R. And it's basically a a low head dam, like just a a little wall that goes in the water to break up some of the like turbidity in the water. And I know I'm saying a lot of fluid dynamic words that make no sense. And I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Max could listen to this podcast. He could say, babe, none of that made sense. I feel like it makes sense. Okay. I, I know some, you know, I don't know civil engineering, but I do know fluid dynamics. Anyway, so I see this really cool f- feature and the water's running over it and it's like so beautiful. And I'm a chemical engineer. My background's in chemical engineering. I had to take fluid dynamics and Reynolds number less than 2000 means the flow is laminar and laminar flow is, um, I almost just went into some really nerdy stuff, but basically it's water that just like 
flows on on an aesthetic level laminar flow is water that just like flows very nicely it like is very smooth and there's no um there's nothing like breaking up the flow it's just very smooth and I see this little feature and I'm like wow this is so pretty I'm gonna take a little pic and post it on my Instagram story because I'm a nerd and I take this pic and I post it and it's like wow look at that laminar flow heart eye emoji okay I post this on the afternoon of October 5th October 5th okay don't forget it so Um, I, you know, go on with my life. I'm pretty sure I even dropped a podcast episode that day. Maybe the next day I recorded and dropped a pod episode. Um, so October 5th, you know, I'm living my life. I'm at my mom's house. I'm probably thinking about, you know, I'm running a hundred miler in like three and a half weeks after that. And, uh, I get a DM request. So on my Instagram, I have to go into, there's like my, main inbox that I can't remember what it's called and then there's general which is where I put people I don't follow who follow me who dm me and then there's requests and then inside requests there's hidden requests where Instagram will like try to filter words or phrases that they think are like not suitable even though a lot of the times it ends up actually being totally fine I'm not really sure what they're screening for but um I have a new dm request and I open my DM request and there is at the top uh, a guy with a ridiculously wrong username. It says Maxwellian Thurgood the Third, And at the bottom of the message, it says followed by the Chappie show. And the message says, tell me you're an engineer without telling me you're an engineer. And I go on this guy's profile. And I'm like, hmm, like, you know, he's like rafting. There's like pictures of like a girlfriend potentially there's like outdoorsy stuff there's a van I'm like oh like um I wonder I don't know there was like something about this guy's profile I was like oh this is like you know he's kind of cute I wonder what they do like kind of looks like he's a girlfriend though not gonna lie kind of looks like he's a girlfriend so I text the Chappie show who the Chappie show happens to be my ex-boyfriend's best friend that I went to high school with because we all went to high school together um we would always go visit Chappie at NAU I slept at Chappie's house before races multiple times <laughs> like always I was always up in Flagstaff I felt like visiting Chappie or he was hanging out with me uh on breaks and stuff and so I text Chappie because this is the most honest person I've ever met in my entire life almost to a fault I text him a screenshot of Max's profile I say who dis And he says, wait, I can pull it up. He responds, that's my engineering friend from NAU. He is a very nice person. You know him. I say, he follows me on IG. He sent me a DM. I was curious to hear more. He says, he was my go-to homework buddy. I would go to his house like every day to do homework and hang out. Very down-to-earth guy. And I said, okay, cool. You actually know him. I'll reply. Does he have a girlfriend though? It's giving girlfriend vibes. And then he says, in college he did, but they broke up. He never seemed like the guy that would cheat or talk to girls behind his girlfriend's back. So I am assuming he is single right now. Which like, isn't that like such a good review of a human being in general? I just feel like that's so so nice and Chappie again somebody who would not like he literally he unfollowed me on Instagram I'm not kidding this man and I have been friends since I was like 14 years old he unfollowed me on Instagram and I I said what the why did you unfollow me and he said you were posting too many damn stories 
I mean, he got me there. I mean, this is, I'm a content creator. That's my job. But um, anyways, he followed me back. So we're good, I guess. I had to like calm out. It also might've been because I broke up with his best friend, but he didn't say that. So anyways, um, back to Maxwell. And so I, you know, I responded to this man's DM and I'm like, LOL, how do you know Chappie? And then he also had another friend at NAU who lived in a van and when I lived in a van I met this guy and then um like we were just mutuals through another friend and he was like oh like Tim you know I met him one time he lives in a van blah 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 whatever so he says you know he knows Chappie and then dot 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 that's October 5th okay by like almost the end of October I'm inviting this guy to come crew Havelina, which we all we all heard the podcast episode if you haven't there's a podcast episode in which I talk about my experience running 100 miles as a first date with my now I know future husband <laughs> and um, Havelina comes and goes uh, I go visit North Carolina the middle of November I'm there for two weeks and then I'm home in Arizona I go pick up our puppy that we adopted together and then I'm moved to North Carolina like the first day of December essentially so I was home for like three days before moving and driving to North Carolina which I think I talked about on this podcast Max like flew to Albuquerque met me we drove together whatever okay so this all takes us to the beginning of December and when we were in North Carolina my birthday is in the middle of December. So my birthday is December 15th. I'm a Sagittarius, which I'm sure we all could have inferred if you listen to this podcast. Um, but so Max has a holiday party in Bozeman, Montana every year that um, he has gotten invited to. And I was very keen on going. Why was I keen on going? My best friend, Kira, she was my freshman roommate. Um, she lives in Bozeman. She's from Bozeman. My other best friend, Val, she who I met on the Colorado Trail because of this podcast, ironically, she was listening to this pod and then we met on trail and she became my best friend. She is also from Bozeman. Uh, she was spending like maybe one month in Bozeman before starting her job in Denver where I, you know, I'm now about an hour away from Val's house, which is the best thing ever. Um, they were both in Bozeman at the time and it was my birthday weekend and it was like, what are we going to do? We're going to stay in North Carolina and like be isolated. I don't know anybody in the state for my birthday or we can go to Bozeman. So we went to Bozeman when we were in Bozeman on my birthday. My birthday was Thursday. We went skiing slash snowboarding with Kira, Val, myself and Max, obviously, and um, it was like, it was the best birthday ever. Honestly, I do not think I've had a better birthday. It was just so, it was so sweet and I felt so loved and like we went and got dinner and just like getting to hang out with Max, getting to hang out with my two best friends, getting to be somewhere that isn't North Carolina. Like I was just so, I was so over the moon. I felt so loved. It was like the fucking best. So anyway, my friend Kira, she uh, her family built a lodge in uh, Paradise Valley, Montana, which is beautiful, right? Her parents bought this lodge and she uses it as an elopement venue during the summer. So people will book a wedding through her and she'll do like a small elopement at this lodge. It sleeps like 10 people. So <laughs> Max asks Kira 
while Val and I are driving in the front seat, he asked Kira, you know, what what does she do for work? And she explains, you know, she was bartending at the time and then tells him about this lodge in PV and shows him pics. <laughs> so that night, Max and I are back in the hotel room together and he says, oh, like Kira, Kira showed me her family lodge, like where they do the elopements. And I was like, yeah, isn't it so cool? Like, it's so pretty, right? And he says to me, he goes, yeah, I just, you know, she was showing me the pictures. I just kept thinking like, this is where we're getting married. This is where you and I are getting married. Um, please keep in mind me and Max at this point had been dating for six weeks. <laughs> I knew of his existence for like not even two months. <laughs> I guess maybe two months at that point. If, if he DM'd me on October 5th <laughs> and this was December 15th, um, a little more than two months had gone by that I knew that this man existed on this planet. Okay. And I'm like floored. First of all, him and I, we always like I have wanted to date someone seriously for the last like two years before meeting Max. Like, I mean, I guess not really. I, we've heard this podcast. We all have heard this podcast. OK, and maybe not. I wanted to date someone seriously, but or maybe I did. But I wasn't putting myself in a good position to make that happen. Like I kept dating guys who very clearly did not want something serious. And then, um, you know, it was a little traumatizing. It was a touch of trauma. But when Max and I first started talking, um, it was so quickly within, you know, speaking to him on the phone that I was like, oh, there might actually be something like really serious here. And uh, I, I just, I would be stupid not to see where it goes right and like he was always so upfront with me we had an ongoing joke about marriage joke of the day this man would seriously joke over text with me from like the third day of texting which is batshit I know he he was not being serious that early I'm pretty sure he was still on hinge <laughs> at this point but literally he would send me a marriage joke every single day and then um oh my god we would talk on the phone for hours and it was like you know, I always compare it to Love is Blind because if you haven't seen the show, basically the premise is these people like do not see each other and they just talk in pods to one another and it always gets like very vulnerable and I think there is something to be said about not having to interpret someone's body language in a situation like that and you're just able to be more vulnerable vulnerable and open up more, which is something I've very much struggled with and I've talked about a lot in therapy. Thank you. But so Max and I would talk on the phone just like openly and honestly and it was like okay if this like isn't a good match then I'll just never see you you know but that didn't really turn out to be the case clearly so yeah anyways so six weeks in he's telling me yeah like I want to get married to you at her lunch and I'm like this is the best birthday ever hell yeah so the next morning Max goes to work because he had these meetings to do in Bozeman and I have breakfast with my friend Kira and when we're at breakfast I mentioned to her that Max had said we should get married at the lodge and she says oh when are you guys thinking I was like 
this is uncharted territory. Um, I don't know, like the summer maybe, <laughs> like, which literally was me spitballing. We had never talked about, oh, let's get married next summer. We had never, ever, ever said, you know, we joked about like eloping. We joked about getting married, but it was never like, let's go, let's set a date. Right. Um, and so she looks at her calendar and I'm like, well, you know, I might start school end of August. I didn't know I was in grad school yet. Uh, I might start school at the end of August. He, you know, maybe like early August, just spitballing. And she says, oh, okay. Um, I have the weekend of August 5th available. Do you want me to set it aside for you guys? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, sure. I guess so. Um, I'll talk to Max. <laughs> Oh, it, it sounds so cringe, okay? So that night, I'm so anxious because I know I should tell him. I know this is a good time to tell him because he'll be drunk, kind of. He'll have a drink or two, maybe. Um, at this point, like, we, I wasn't really drinking very much. And I, I just feel like as a couple, Max and I don't really drink. Like, I've never seen this man wasted I've seen him like drunk kind of but I was like almost blackout so I don't know if that really counts as me like seeing him super drunk or anything like we tend to just have like a glass of wine like not even a glass like eight ounces maybe six I just am not a big drinker and I think he's kind of through that like phase of his life so we really just don't drink very much as a couple um but anyways I knew at this holiday party it was open bar I could probably get this man drunk and tell him we're getting married in August so that's what I do I you know I look really pretty I'm doing I've got a nice dress on I do my hair I do my makeup you know Kira and Val are gassing me up Val they both came to the party we found them dates to this holiday party it was fucking hilarious maybe one of the best things that's ever happened to me and (laughs) (laughs) so um we all go to the holiday party and max has no idea what's coming this man he has no clue and i will give myself credit i was not being a weirdo you would think i would be a weirdo in this scenario i wasn't being a weirdo i was being totally totally chill um so we get to the holiday party and uh there's like a moscow mule bar which is like my favorite drink i you know i like a marg i like a moscow mule there's like my two favorite drinks so they have a moscow mule bar and you know i i have like maybe two or three drinks and then i'm getting max to have like at least the same number of drinks as me because i'm hoping if he's drunk like he'll be a little less freaked out about what i'm gonna tell him and so uh i basically i work up the courage and my friends are like okay like you've got this like slay girlfriend you've got it and i'm like okay let's do this so i tell max i say hey can we talk real quick and he gets so nervous which i in his defense, when someone tells you, hey, can we talk real quick? You don't think they're proposing marriage to you. You think they're going to break up with you. So, and that's valid because when he proposed, I thought he was breaking up with me, whatever. So anyway, I pull this man aside at the holiday party and we find like a little table and talk really quick. And I'm like, hey, so do you remember when um, you told Kira yesterday morning that we should get married at the lodge? And he's like, yeah. And then do you remember when you told me? And he's like, yeah. And I say, so like at breakfast this morning, we were being silly and Kira pulled up the calendar and um, she has the weekend of August 5th available. Um, what do you think about getting married in August? And 
I'm like my I'm sweating you guys literally I'm pretty sure I had like sweat stains I was so anxious and he like he's like what and he gets this like little smile on his face I'm like what and he's like oh my god yeah like of course yes let's do it and I'm like oh okay yeah let's get married in August and then he's like did you just propose to me and I was like um kind of and so from then on we called him my soft fiance because there wasn't a ring yet um we did go home Christmas break back to Phoenix we did tell his mom we were getting married we told his sister we told one of his stepbrothers I can't remember who else we told I also disclaimer I got really drunk at the holiday party and I told everyone we were getting married like everyone there were a couple girls there at the party that actually like followed me on TikTok or Instagram and I was like oh my god hey like here's the man I've been soft launching for the last six weeks we're getting married in August and they're like what the fuck like this girl is chaos I I know I know so anyways um the next day after the holiday party I go and I like literally pick out a ring at Alara Jewelry and Bozeman it's the ring that's currently on my finger thank you very much um I looked at dresses with Kira and Val and I sent Max pics of the ring and um you know I that that was that so um oh my god when did he buy the he so okay ah okay I'm getting ahead of myself so I'll just, you know, fast forward. We're like going to get married in August. He hasn't proposed yet, but there's like a date. Apparently, by the way, I'm not insane. There is a statistic that I think it's like 70% of couples start planning their wedding before they actually get engaged. So I was like, I was on the timeline. I was there, you know? Um, Okay. So time's going by and I'm like, you know, I he's going to propose at some point. I was getting like a little in my head like, oh, he hasn't proposed yet. Like, does he still want to get married? But then like every night he'd be like, oh, I can't wait to marry you. I'm like, do you though? Because or can't you though? Because, you know, we're not like hard engaged yet. So technically this isn't really official. But, I, you know, I kept that to myself and I was like, yeah, like love you. Can't wait to marry you, babe. <laughs> so um, we find out we're moving to Colorado and we were moving April 1st. We were going to run the Art Loeb Trail in North Carolina on May 5th for Max's birthday. However, with us moving April 1st, I was like, well, you know, we either do the Art Loeb Trail on March 11th or we don't do it at all. We do a 50K in Colorado together. And Max was like so on board for this 50K. Please keep in mind, this man was like injured. He was um not trained for like a hard 50k like I think it has at least 11,000 feet of gain if not more in it and it's very technical so I was just kind of sus in general that he wanted to run this 50k so badly (laughs) but so the day comes around or the night before it comes around let's go with that the night before it comes around and he is acting so sus and I have a list on my phone of the things that made me think he was proposing okay so on the list of things he was uh he didn't want me to invite my friend to come run with us even though he was literally injured and being he was trying to be so chill about it he was like oh like I don't know like maybe maybe I'll run this 50k this weekend and I was like okay well I can invite Miranda and then when I said that he was like 
like you're gonna invite your friend on something that's supposed to be you and I like he got so weird about it okay um he was on edge all week like all week I think we even like got into a little argument like maybe Wednesday of that week out of nowhere and I was just like dude like why is this man so fucking tense right now (laughs) then the night before that I have on here a couple things so when I was brushing my teeth he was spending a lot of time downstairs I heard you know his backpack zipper was loud as hell so I heard his backpack zipper down there which is weird like what's he doing with his backpack huh um he also saged our room you think this man has ever saged our room before he has never saged our room this was the first time he saged our room and I was just like this is super weird bro um and then that night he we fell asleep you know, we normally cuddle before bed, but like we don't really end up falling asleep like that most nights. He had me cuddled like a baby in his arms. Like I was complete, I was like uncomfortable and he was just holding me all wrapped up in his arms and he told me he loved me like a million times. He was just being so, so sweet. (laughs) And I was just like, this fucker, he's proposing tomorrow. So the day, the day of comes the next morning. We get on the way to the trail and he's just like not that nervous. And, you know, I was thinking, I was like, you know, if I were proposing today, I would be acting so weird. And he's not acting weird at all. He was acting so normal out of nowhere. After a week of being a weirdo, he was acting totally fine. I was just like, huh, like maybe, you know, maybe it's not happening today. I don't, I, maybe I misjudged this. Like I really couldn't tell. So we're, we're getting along on our way. And he, all of a sudden, a man who is not known for doing map review, he's like, oh, like there's Black Balsam, Tenet Mountain, Pilot Mountain. He's like naming mountains on this trail. I'm like, hmm, that's a little weird. We get like maybe 10 miles into Black Balsam and I thought for sure he was going to propose up here. It's like a very beautiful view. We get up there. There's a ton of people. And, you know, he like kind of hesitates a little bit and then he's like, all right, like, let's keep moving. And I'm like, all right, like, I guess you're not proposing to me right now, I guess. Okay, yeah, sure. Let's just keep running. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds awesome. We, you know, we're going, I have like a really rough little moment there at mile like 16 or so. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, we have so much further to go. You know, it's a really hard day. My ankle was hurting. Like, it was just like not ideal. He was in pain. He could like hardly run downhill. And uh, we have like this really steep but short climb up to the top of Pilot Mountain. So we start climbing Pilot Mountain and we get really close to the top. And I'm like, oh, I think I think this is the summit right here. And he says, oh, no, I think I think there's a viewpoint up here. When he said I knew I knew. I'm like, how would you know there's a viewpoint up here? He literally did the research on trail to see where he should propose. Okay. We get to the top of Pilot Mountain and we stop for a second and we had just had like a long break. We had to fill our water and we ate a couple snacks and we were just lingering up here and I knew he was going to propose. So I was trying to give him like, you know, the space to do so. I was just like, you know, letting him work up the courage, I guess. And, uh, you know, we're just talking and 
he starts talking to me and it, it does it really does feel like he's gonna break up with me like the vibes it feels like he's gonna break you don't know he gets so serious and like almost somber I was like dude are you about to break up with me right now and um but then he says you know I I I think I honestly blacked out most of this proposal so I don't quite remember but I'm pretty sure he says something along along the lines of like I want to spend the rest of my life with you and then I look down and in his hands is the ring and then he gets down on one knee and he asks me to marry him and then I like get down on the ground and give him a hug I'm like of course I'll marry you like I fucking love you so much and I think it's not talked about enough the post-proposal like breakdown like I want to I want to know all the details I how did this man keep the secret from me for so long so I start asking apparently he bought the ring in the end of December so I picked it out it was like December 17th basically the second we got home from either that trip or the trip we took right after in California the second he had a minute alone he was like calling the jewelry store to buy the ring that I wanted and I didn't tell him where I'd picked that ring out and he didn't ask Kira and Val because he didn't want me to like find out through them like he he had this shit on lock the only person that knew was his sister and I guess her partner so her sister and partner were the only people that knew and he uh had matched the picture I had sent him with the ring in it because it was like me with the ring on my finger um and then the jewelry store like background he had Matt he looked up jewelry stores in Bozeman on Google and he matched the picture the background of my picture to one of the backgrounds of one of those pictures and that was how he figured it out and then he called the store and they were like oh my god we, we remember your girlfriend blah 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 and so he bought the ring so he he's been holding on to this ring for three months and I was like wait how where have you been keeping it and he said, in my work backpack. And I was like, babe, we took a trip in January. Where was your work backpack? And I'm pretty sure he said he left it at the house or it was like in his truck locked or something. I can't remember. But so basically this man was shuttling this ring back and forth for three months which is just, it's so cute. And then I was like, oh my God, did you call my dad? And he was like, yeah, I called your dad. And he, he was like, yeah, are you sure? She's got a big personality, which like, we all know that. Okay. I'm the oldest daughter. Yeah. I, I have a lot of personality. And my dad gives this blessing. And then my dad tells him the story of how he proposed to my mom because they had like the most elaborate proposal of all time my dad it because it wasn't just a proposal is a proposal and a wedding my dad planned a wedding so he like tricked her into flying to Hawaii she thought she was going to Michigan and then on the flight had the pilot proposed to her and then when they got to Hawaii he had everything planned he bought her wedding dress he had a friend one of her friends who was a similar size to her try on wedding dresses and he picked out her wedding dress and then they literally flew to Hawaii and eloped like it is the most elaborate like there were so many little secrets he had to keep which like 
kind of a red flag, dad, not going to lie. But so you know, Max, Max kept it on lock. He only told his sister and her partner. Okay. But so it was just, it was so cute to like find out all the details and how much like how elaborate it was. And then the sweetest part was, um, this was Saturday. We were running art lobe and then, you know, he proposes, I say, yes, we start talking. And then he's like, so right now, our dog sitter is at your house or at our house packing you a bag. I booked us an Airbnb at the end of the trail. I took Monday off of work and we're going to spend the weekend together. And then on Monday, we're going to a spot in Asheville. And that's our proposal weekend. And like it, oh, I've never imagined someone doing something so thoughtful. And he just like, he totally blew me away. Like this is literally why I'm marrying this man. Like I have never met someone just so he's just so sweet and so thought it's just it's crazy, you know? So that is the entire story of our proposal, our soft engagement and our actual proposal. <laughs> um it was like it, uh, I wish I had it like videoed like I wish I had more documentation of this which I always wish but it's so uh, it's it's a moment I keep trying to replay over and over in my mind because I don't want to forget details like things tend to slip through the zip of my mind and I really don't want that day or that weekend to you know slip by so Max if you're listening to this I love you so much and I can't wait to marry you in August and you are the sweetest but yeah that's you know that's the full story I don't think I've ever shared it on the internet before so honestly I really wanted to have Max tell his side of the story on the podcast so if that's something you guys are interested in you need to let me know and I will um uh, I was going to say bully, but that's the wrong word. I was going to um, ask my fiance very sweetly and kindly if he would want to be listened to on the internet. Um, so yeah, let me know. <laughs> In terms of wedding planning, my dress, I have my second alterations fitting next week. I also just remembered I have some like very big news so maybe that can wait for when Max is on the podcast maybe next week maybe we can convince him to come next week but uh, we have super big news and no I am not having a child it is something different feel free to you know make your guesses but that is not it <laughs> so my dress is at alterations I'm pretty sure I've picked out a band. I posted the other day on my Instagram story when I went wedding band shopping because there were a bunch of really cute bands. I keep always coming back to this shared prong design, but um, I don't know. I found this ring that looks super unique and it has a bunch of like, oh God, pear diamonds, I think, and rounds like next to each other. And it looks almost nature-like. It's so pretty. So I think that might be the band. I might have found her. In terms of what's actually happening at our wedding, we have decided we are getting married. We're So we're eloping. We're having like a very small mountaintop ceremony with his best friend who's officiating our photographers. And then um, I have a friend coming to help me get ready on the mountain, which was Max's idea, which I think, again, is so sweet. 
And then after this small elopement, we're going to backpack where we are and then we're going to go hike a 14er. We're going to come down from the 14er and then we are going to go to uh, a, a VRBO. Essentially, it sleeps like 36 people and we're having a 30 person or less reception and it's essentially immediate family only. It is going to be very small, very intimate. Uh, just like very low-key. I did not want to have this big stressful event. I didn't want to invite, you know, a hundred plus people to something. Like it feels like something that's supposed to be very small and just it, it's about him and I. It's not like this is literally the one day of our lives where we get to say this is about us and how we want to do this day and if you don't like it, then that's not our problem, which is something that is very difficult <laughs> for me. I feel like I've let go of a lot of people pleaser tendencies, but there's still, you know, things that just can't let go of. And then I feel like Max tends to be the like peacemaker of his family. So he's like having to make decisions and uh, just like try to create as simple and peaceful of an environment for this little event as we can. It at times has been stressful planning a wedding because I think neither of us really fully had a grasp on what we were supposed to be doing because obviously neither of us have planned a wedding before. However, I do feel like We've gotten a lot of major decisions out of the way. Our invitations have been sent. We're making progress on our attire and just on our general like vibe of the weekend. Lots of decisions are being made and I just couldn't be more grateful to be going through it with somebody that I really, I'm really excited about marrying. Okay, that's like enough, enough of the icky stuff and it takes me to I think a theme I would really like to end the day on my my insane my absolutely batshit thought that I could not start this podcast with as I am laying here scrolling on TikTok and I you know something some I can't remember if it was something like wedding related or what pops up and what comes to my mind is that if I had known the next man I was going to meet was going to be my husband, I, I would have been a lot more, I would have been a lot more insane. I would have been a lot more batshit to people who did me wrong. I feel like something that I learned I guess in therapy was to respond rather than react and I'm not saying I should have just like reacted and been insane but I feel like I almost tempered what I really wanted to say and maybe it was because I wasn't I felt like I wasn't allowed to be angry I feel like anger is an emotion that I've really had to come to terms with over the last I think it was about a year ago that I realized I was holding on to a lot, of, maybe a little more than, but I feel like it was about a year ago. I was holding on to like a lot of anger. In fact, I feel like I have a podcast episode about it because this podcast is one year old. <laughs> I, I just feel like uh, maybe I was, uh, I'm really reaching in my thoughts right now. I really feel like I was holding back 
how I actually felt at my own expense to avoid making someone uncomfortable with their actions because I think a repeated theme for me is like something kind of fucked up would happen and then I would do the mature thing and I would say here's what you did and now your consequence is you will never speak to me again and I just really feel like at the at my big age of 23 years old maybe I should have screamed at more people maybe when some of the stuff that happened to me happened maybe I should have said you know what you are literally a horrible human being I would never do that to someone and maybe I should have been a little more psychotic and I just did I waste my insane years I'm not sure and I don't I you know I'm still really trying to evaluate why why I did that and maybe I should bring that to therapy next week oh by the way uh, I have a new therapist in Colorado she happens to be my friend David's therapist which is funny that we now share a therapist but I feel like if anybody I feel like David I've seen David grow so much as a human being in the last year and a half and I just feel like if someone can be that impactful for David then they can help me you know they can help me work through my my own trauma So yeah, I think that was like the thought that came to me that just spurred this podcast and a lot of thinking. If if I had known the next man I was going to meet was going to be my husband, I would have been a lot more insane. I will say, I think there are definitely circumstances, one circumstance in particular that I don't feel good about, that I do feel like maybe I was acting a little insane, but I wasn't being insane. It's like... You know what? I'm remembering exactly what it was. It was a TikTok and it was like, um, why I cannot believe that this man had me apologizing for my reaction to his actions. Like he was doing something fucked up and I was over here like apologizing for how I reacted. And I think that's almost what I'm feeling in this moment is this like specific circumstance I'm speaking about. I feel guilty about, but it's like, was I being insane or was that just a normal reaction to mixed signals, withdrawing, being manipulated, being lied to? food for thought. And in hindsight, looking back, I wish I, oh, like now I'm wrestling with, was it maturity that I didn't act insane or was it like self-preservation? Like, was I trying to save face? Was I trying to preserve my ego by saying like, oh, I could have acted a lot worse in this situation, but I was the bigger person. I, oh, I'm not sure what the answer is on that one, but I fear it may have been (laughs) self-preservation. So I suppose that this, this episode, if there's anything (laughs) you can learn from this episode, um, you never know which hot girl summer will be your last hot girl summer. Yeah, it's still going to be hot girl summer, but it's going to be engaged hot girl summer. And I think it's, I think it's better. (laughs) I mean, I'm super pumped. I'm running 100 miles and I'm getting married. I mean, I've never had like a true hot girl summer to be so clear. It's always been like, I'm going to go walk in the woods for a month and I'm going to go like, it's all, it's, I don't know. Hot girl summer means something different to a lot of people. That's my definition. Like just kind of moments notice traveling wherever you want, jetting off to wherever with no responsibilities. That, that phase of my life has ended 
as a matter of fact, there will never be another phase of my life. Although Max is almost eight years older than me. So maybe when I'm like 85, there may be another hot girl summer like that. But until then, there will not be another summer where I'm like, I don't need to answer to anyone and I'm going to go be hyper independent in Europe. So moral of the story, you never know which hot girl summer will be your last and that's okay. That's okay because we're embracing the phases and I think you should live every hot girl summer like it's your last regardless. Isn't that the whole point of like being single and in your 20s? It's like figuring out who you are and what you like to do and you know figuring out who you are in your own. Like I really do value I spent so much time single and then like just dating around and like understanding, you know, what I deserve, what I don't want, what I want in a partner. Like I feel like I did all of that work on the the front, right? I did. I did all of that work. And this is me reaping the benefits of being single for a long time and of working on myself and of dating the wrong people to find the right person. I think that's a really good way of looking at it. I think my second key point that I want you to take away from this podcast is, um, you know, the next man you date could be your future husband. And if this one screws you over, then act batshit. Be fucking insane. Literally, there are at least three men that I know that I should have, I should have screamed at. I should have told them, you are are I cannot believe you would ever say that to me I cannot believe you would do this thing I cannot there I should have not that they care I mean really you know when you speak to someone that way they don't care if they're doing what they're doing it's not because they care about you you know but I do think maybe I would feel a little bit better I don't know I'm I'm giving you permission to be batshit because I feel like I could have been a lot more batshit and I chose the high road and I regret it. Sometimes the high road just isn't as fulfilling. And I do think you get tired of, I mean, I hope, I hope, I hope you get tired of being completely insane eventually. I hope you run out of the anger that you're feeling towards men. I will say though, <laughs> silence is such a good Oh, it's such a good response to like something stupid, like something just not worth your time or some, you know, someone trying to hurt you or someone saying or doing something horrible. Like I really do think the best response is silence and I don't regret choosing silence or choosing the high road, but I do think it would have been a lot more fun and a lot more chaotic to take the low road. They go high, we go low, baby. I wish I had done that a little bit more sometimes. Regardless, everything I've done, everything I've said has led me to this point. So I think it's been really, really interesting, especially in therapy, to look over just kind of my timeline, I guess, over the last three years of dating and just like how I got here like I feel like when I first got out of my relationship I had like very low self-worth and I was kind of naive because I didn't date all of college literally all of college I was in a relationship so I was not dating I was not doing I was not like a normal you know 18 to 22 year old I was not dating and so you get thrown into this like very scary world of dating and you're like this is a lot there are a lot of rules I never learned here okay so that was like I got thrown into that and that was very scary 
And then I started learning how to set boundaries. I started learning how to say no. I started learning how to stand up for myself. I started learning what I wanted, what I didn't want. I learned how to communicate these things. I learned how to have hard conversations. And I think all of those like very valuable skills were things I intentionally learned. I literally went into that period of my life saying, if I want to meet the love of my life and I want to be the best partner possible to somebody, I have so much room to grow. And I know the only way to do that is by throwing myself into the fire this way. So anyways, if you are a guy I've dated in recent history and you're listening to this podcast and you know that you fucked up and I never went off on you, I just want you to know it's because I decided you were not worth the breath. You were not worth my time and energy to do so, okay? And ultimately, all of those all of those roads led to me meeting the love of my life, who loves me so much, so sweetly, such an angel, and uh, we're getting married. And you know, all all the all the heartbreaks, all the tears, every every mistake, every it's like I can so clearly see how well, not really clearly, I would say, but I can see how um, a lot of the things that have happened in my life have led to me becoming who I am today. Like probably the fact that I wasn't screaming at men who did me wrong is what my fiance likes about me. <laughs> like, yeah, I did learn how to communicate maturely and set boundaries, which um You know, I've done some boundary setting, of course, in this relationship. You should always be setting boundaries in relationships. Um, But I've got, I've never had to set boundaries the way I used to have to set boundaries. But it was good practice, I guess. Go to to the extreme, extreme negative before you come back, come back around, you know, normal boundaries. But is what it is. Early, early days of the podcast. Feel free to go take a listen. I was thinking I was going to have a lot more time on this podcast. I did not realize I was going to spend literally an hour talking about our proposal, our engagement. Um, I'm super happy to share that story, however, and I definitely have like a whole list of topics that will be covered on future episodes. This is going to be a long episode. If it's going to be more manageable for me, I might commit to like 30 minute episodes and just, you know, see where it goes on a weekly basis. But right now I feel um, just like uh, I want, I want, I want to work on the podcast. Okay. I'm sorry. I know I'm your mother and I left you guys like abandoned and I never intended that. But um, there, there will be more. We have so many more things to talk about. I feel like my life has changed so dramatically. I live in Colorado now. Um, you know, Maggie is not being such a pain in my ass anymore. Like we have huge news coming up that I really want to share, but I need Max's permission to share it first. But yeah, that's, that's kind of like the vibe. That's the vibe. That's the timeline of our love. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with this podcast. When I wanted to give up on this podcast, it means a lot to me. I'm so grateful for, Literally everyone who listens to podcasts, I get the sweetest DMs. Every time I post a Q&A, people are always like, when is Gremlin Talk coming back? I'm like, I don't know. Like once I feel like I have something worthwhile to say, <laughs> I don't feel like I do right now. So that's why I haven't. But I'm so grateful for this podcast. I'm so grateful to have this platform. And I hope that um, we have a lovely time. I haven't done an outro in a minute, but as we always say, Uh, send this to your hottest friend, send this to your mom, tell her I love her, 
and I guess like peace out gremlins have a good have a good weekend I love you